Welcome back. I'm Gary Parr, Editorial Director, Efficient Plant Magazine. And with me this time is Jason Green, Vice President of Human Resources for ABB in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate the opportunity to be on with you today. Yeah, this is going to be most interesting. Our topic is going to be workforce development and filling that skills gap, a topic that is at the forefront of, I think, probably everyone, everyone's uh, um, agenda these days. Can you be at the forefront of an agenda? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, and, and so you guys at ABB down there have, uh, you're, you're well into a pretty impressive program, at least in my estimation. And, and for anybody who's ever tackled this kind of a thing, you don't just hang a, a sign up on the door and say we're open for business. You got to figure out yourselves as manufacturers what you're going to do. Then you have the community leaders and then you have educators at several levels. And then probably the toughest nut is parents and students in terms of putting together a program that is going to help them see how vocational uh, education uh, can work as, as a, a future for them. If you do that right, you got to get everybody on board. And of course, that raises the question, you know, where do we start? And where, where, did, where did you start? Where did ABB start? And, and how did you kind of weave everybody in? That had to have been a real chore. Well, it, it certainly was, Gary. And, and I'll be honest with you, it started several years ago, about four years ago exactly. And I remember the conversation vividly. I was sitting in my office with Tracy Long, who was our vice president of marketing communications, and Scott Fulbright, who was our vice president of operations at the time. And, and like most companies, we were sitting around having these conversations about what we would call our common workforce challenges. And again, these weren't challenges that just were affecting ABB. They were challenges that were affecting our customers and, and other industrial and technology companies in our communities as well as around the country. And, and those challenges were probably not unexpected. Like most, we have an aging workforce. We've got some radically changing skill set needs. And, and especially now, or back in the time when this was happening, low unemployment. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we were also wrestling with limited interest, I'll call it, about working in the manufacturing field. I think when, when you talk to most folks, they're going to perceive manufacturing as hot and dark and dirty and, and very manual and unsafe. When in reality, manufacturing today, at least most of it, is, is very clean and bright and temperature controlled and, and highly automated and, and technically advanced. And so that was part of our question around how are we going to address these challenges? And, and we, were gonna, we were coming at it from sources of talent because like most companies – you know, we got our source of talent primarily in one of three places. We got it from ourselves through reskilling and retraining our current employees, which we will continue to do a lot of in the communities in which we operate. ABB is typically one of the more desirable places to work. So we get talent from other companies. Um, and it's at sometimes they they got talent from us, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and that's not necessarily something that goes away right. as a result of this, but we're trying to, to diminish that need. And then we got it from the unemployed. But, but what we realized, especially as we looked at our aging workforce, 
that we really needed to tap more into young talent, recent high school graduates, um, graduates of a two-year associate's degree program and things along those lines. We did some, but not necessarily at the rate that we felt we needed to keep up with our aging workforce and, and technology that we knew was coming into our workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a, a, a fundamental there. It's like even an athletic program to be successful at the high school or college level uh, high school level, you, you have to start them young and you have to set up that pipeline. And, and so you guys saw that, that we, we need to find a pipeline that we can count on. That's right. And then, so that was basically our goal coming out of the meeting was we needed to create a pipeline of technically skilled young talent, not just in Fort Smith, but in each of the communities in which we operated. Mm-hmm. In parallel this, with this, we were in the process of building our 2025 strategy for our business. And we knew that a portion of that strategy would result in much more highly automated and smart connected manufacturing facilities that, again, we knew would require a much different set of skills and abilities compared to today's operations. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, we came up with this grandiose idea to develop the talent ourselves in direct partnership with the school district. And we came up with this plan and we shared it with our head of manufacturing engineering at the time. And he said, that sounds really interesting. There's a gentleman by the name of Michael Garner at Haas Automation um, who does a lot in this space, you know, that I would suggest we talk to. And so Mike was very, Michael was very gracious and came in and spent some time with us and listened to our plan and our proposal. I think we were going to solve world peace and world hunger at the same time. (laughs) And, and he was very polite. He said, you know, that's a great idea. He said, but, but what would you think about going to visit a few other communities around the country that are doing it really well? Not just companies, but communities. Mm-hmm. And so we hopped on a plane and we, we headed to Vincennes, Indiana and Vincennes University and, and Danville, Virginia and Danville Community College, and and Greenville, South Carolina, and Greenville Technical College, and we're just blown away with what we saw, which was these these community models coming together to ultimately do what I described just a second ago, was to create this pipeline of technically skilled young talent in the communities in which they operated. And and so it wasn't just about a business initiative. It wasn't just about a K-12 initiative or a higher ed or even an economic development. It was all four of those pieces working together with students at the center Mm -hmm. to create this pipeline of talent for local business and industry, but at the same time, change the lives of students. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit more because that it's the student. That's your, that's your core. It is. And, and early on in this whole process, for us, it was all about ABB. Of course. It, yeah. was all, it was all about this pipeline of young talent that we needed to fulfill our hiring needs and our workforce needs to produce products and take care of our customers. I mean, we've always been about the communities in which we operate. So ABB is a very philanthropic company, very focused on being a good corporate citizen in those communities. But early on, it was about us. And... And so as we went through this process, 
you know, we came back from, from that road trip and we immediately started to circle the wagons with our, our local K-12 school districts, um, our higher ed partner. So in Fort Smith, and it's a higher ed partner in every community in which we operate, but in Fort Smith in particular, where our largest operation is for um, our NEMA motor business, um, is the University of Arkansas at Fort Smith, a longstanding port partner of ours. And then we partner heavily with the Fort Smith Regional Chamber of Commerce, who handles all economic development for, for our region. So it was really all of us working together, but it was Dr. Doug Brubaker, who's our superintendent of the Fort Smith Public Schools, who really opened my eyes, and I think many other eyes, that, that the students really needed to be at the center of this workforce development model that we wanted to create if we really wanted it to be successful. Mm-hmm. Because if we can focus on getting those students to walk across the stage at graduation with two things, a viable career plan and relevant skill sets, then we're going to change their lives. And at the same time, we're going to create that pipeline of talent that we need yeah. now, because at that point they have a choice. They graduate with skills and they're immediately employable by companies like ABB and and others. But at the same time, if they want to further their skill and become even more employable, we have a great higher ed partner in the University of Arkansas at Fort Smith that they can go work with to further develop those skills and put them in a position to obtain um, a higher level job, a higher paying level job based on those additional skills, abilities, and certifications that they might have. That's to me the the real linchpin, if you will. You got to break that mentality that everybody has to go through high school and then go get a four year degree. You got to got to change that thinking and and that and and change it to not only is it okay to do, but it's something you should aspire to do. Exactly, and that's something we learned very early on, and and it wasn't just in Fort Smith. So this is an initiative that we're really trying to recreate because it's. What we've developed in Fort Smith, Arkansas, the the nice part about it is it's replicable. Mm -hmm. But you've got to have the right mindset in in those communities. So we knew that a good portion of our of our local high school students, and I think these statistics would be very common in most communities, are graduating high school and they don't plan to pursue a post-secondary education, but they don't have skills. Uh. Uh-huh. And so they're not employable other than, you know, maybe some um, more manual labor or retail or food service, very important industries where we need, but not necessarily places that they'd find a career path. Really kind of caught in no man's land in, in that situation. That's right. So if we can get the educational systems in the communities to focus on preparing students not just for college, but a career, and keep the student at the center of everything we do, we're all going to be successful. And so that's really one of the things. It's a challenge, and we're still having to, you know, we identify that as one of our common workforce challenges in the beginning. Um, and I think we've, we've got people's attention that says, and it's not to say that you won't go to college at some point. Right. But if we can get students the skills coming out of high school they then have choices 
And those choices are to immediately go into the workforce because we've got them skills. We've got them industry recognized certifications or credentials. In some cases, they may either be really close to or have already obtained an associate's degree mm-hmm. because most of these programs are done in partnership with a higher ed institution like the University of Arkansas at Fort Smith. So it's 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 college credit. So these are these are classes that are giving them credit towards that associate's degree. And so after graduating high school, they've got an option to go into the workforce with skills where they can obtain you know, a higher paying position that does have a potential career path, or they can go on to further their education in a post-secondary environment or do a combination of both. And quite honestly, that's where we start to get some of the parents' attention. Uh-huh. Because yes. when I say both, it's you've got skills now. You took advantage of some of our middle school and high school Um, career and technical education programs. And so you've got skills that make them employable by companies like ABB. But these are individuals who also aspire for some post-secondary education. So how about you come to work for us after high school? We'll do it on a part-time basis. And I've got two examples that we just just hired a few months ago um, at come to work for us on a part-time basis. So 20 hours per week in a, in an advanced manufacturing type of, of role. And at the same time, pursue either an associate's or maybe even a bachelor's Mm -hmm. at the university of Arkansas at Fort Smith. And because you're working part-time 20 hours a week, you can take advantage of our tuition reimbursement program and let us pay for that college while you're working part-time and also contributing to our ability to produce great products and take care of the customer. In doing this work, though, they're not just doing menial jobs. You actually have them contributing to production and contributing to the, the bottom line by, by uh, doing um, uh, jobs that are gonna, they, they have skills for, but also will allow them to advance within the company. Absolutely. So, so two of these examples. So you know, one of the things that we also recognized in, in really many of the communities in which we operate was that, that the career and workforce training that we had, because we've always had career and technical education in most of those communities. Sure. It, it just probably didn't go as deep as we needed to. Um, most of those communities were working or those facilities and those programs were working on older, outdated equipment, but they also lacked real-world learning opportunities and experience mm-hmm. in the form of a, of a youth apprenticeship type of, of program. Right. And so that was one of the things that's a key part of this model that we're developing is in partnership with UA Fort Smith, we developed our first youth apprenticeship program in Fort Smith. We've got a similar program going on in um, Athens, Georgia, and a few other of our locations where these are juniors and seniors in high school who are taking um, advanced manufacturing career and technical education courses who are working for us in a youth apprenticeship program in parallel with going to school. Mm-hmm. And so we started our first program last school year. Um, we uh, hired our second cohort this year. And it's something we're going to continue to promote. But out of this first program, we hired two individuals. 
gentleman by the name of Eric Graham and another individual by the name of Ethan Owen. And so they've hired into advanced manufacturing technician program or positions. And so they are, they are both leading or working very closely on a project around some smart connected operations in which we are installing some technology on our computer, on our op- manufacturing equipment that allows us to um, track the productivity and the performance and the efficiency of that equipment um, in a more smart connected kind of a way to give us more real-time data and insight and, and information on the performance of that piece of equipment, which will ultimately help us with uptime of the equipment, more preventive and predictive maintenance and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. They've also done some work on automation and automated guided vehicles, more things that we're using in, um, in our manufacturing plant. So to your point, they're not coming in and just doing some of the, the repetitive things that you might find in a manufacturing plant. They're very capable of doing those things, but they've got the skills and the abilities to do some of the more advanced manufacturing types of things in our facilities. So uh, we were really pleased with how prepared they were coming into our youth apprenticeship program. Um, And then coming out of it, you could just see their ability to contribute at a much higher level, coupled with their interest. Mm -hmm. All the while, they're continuing to further their education. Now, some may choose not to, and that's okay. Because again, as I mentioned earlier, they're employable, and they've got the skills to come in and contribute um, and, and really take advantage of the opportunities we have. Right. And so, so all of that then is coming out of your work with the school system. And obviously fortunate that you had a superintendent who had a vision and was able to help you and get you on the right track. But then uh, in terms of working with the community, you've also, you personally worked on uh, getting a, a tax increase, a millage increase, so that you can, can get some facilities in place to, to move this project even further. That's right. So in, in Fort Smith, you know, we have, as part of our University of Arkansas at Fort Smith, we have a career and technical education center called the Western Arkansas Technical Center, which has been around for many years um, and has really done some great things to help prepare students with um, career and technical education skills. And not just in the field of manufacturing, um, healthcare and information technology as well. But we knew that we really needed to go beyond where we were. We needed more dedicated space. This was one of the things we learned from communities like Vincennes and Danville, Virginia in particular. Mm-hmm. We needed new state-of-the-art technology, equipment, and facilities to, to help attract students and parents to these opportunities. Because in some respects, some of this is, is considered more trade, and it's considered a place that you go if you can't pursue a post-secondary education. And that's not really the case. Right. It's really about in addition to. And so we knew that, that we really needed as part of this workforce development model, we knew one of the things that we really needed were more state of the art facilities, equipment, technology, and instruction. And so Dr. Doug Brubaker is actually relatively new to our community. He came in, in January of 2017, he joined us, and 
he knew that that our school district needed kind of some direction. He knew that it needed a new strategic plan to really take us to the next level. So he started a Vision 2023 community initiative to create this new strategic plan for mm-hmm. our school district. Um, and one of the components that he knew was very important was career and technical education. And so through a series of strategic development meetings um, and committees, we eventually built this strategic plan that was eventually um, decided around what parts of that plan were going to be most important to move the needle for our community. And one of those key components was career and technical education. And, and in that proposal included um, some funds to build a new career and technical education center in partnership with the University of Arkansas at Fort Smith. So we took that to the voters in May of 2018, and we are very fortunate to get the voters to overwhelmingly approve $120 million investment in our, our, our local school district. Now, that wasn't all for career and technical education, but um, it included a number of safety and security enhancement. It included some some modifications to the two high schools that are currently grades 10 through 12 and will be moving to a 9 to 12 type of structure. But about 14 million of that was going to go to build a new career and technical education center that would not only service the students of Fort Smith, but it would serve the students of all the surrounding school districts that work also in partnership with the University of Arkansas at Fort Smith. Mm-hmm. So we had we got a really um great start to the creation of this model through the passage of the millage that would help us build this new career and technology center, career and technical education center. One of the things that we heard very early on from the voters was don't build new. We have plenty of existing facilities that can be repurposed. So our plan was to build a 50,000 square foot or acquire a 50,000 square foot facility that we, we could remodel. Um, that would focus on career and technical education for not only manufacturing, but healthcare and information technology as well. Really the, the three key drivers of workforce and economic development in our region. Several months after the passing of the millage, um, in, we were very, very fortunate to have a building donated to our effort, um, a 180,000 square foot facility <laughs> to be exact, so almost more than three times what our original plan was. And so so that's what we're working on today. This facility will open in August of 2021. Um, it will serve not just, again, not just Fort Smith, but all the surrounding school districts. And we'll focus on three primary career paths, manufacturing, healthcare, and information technology. So, so we've been very intimately involved in the development of the manufacturing career path. It'll focus on industrial maintenance, automation, and computer integrated machining, three um, particular career paths that are, and skill sets that are widely used and and needed in Western Arkansas and Eastern Oklahoma, where we're located. And so we're really excited about the opening of this facility. Again, that's not, it's not the end-all be-all part of this model that we're creating, but it's a significant one because it will be, even though it's an existing building, 
Um, it was a former distribution center, so it's in phenomenal shape to redesign the exterior and then build a whole new interior that's comprised of, of three areas with extensive learning labs. So, so for example, the manufacturing area will be about 25,000 square feet with uh, industrial maintenance, manu uh, automation, and computer integrated machining. And it's going to be a place that, that will attract students because, again, it's going to be it's going to be new. It's going to be bright. It's going to be shiny. It's going to have state of the art technology and equipment. But what's equally as important is the instruction. We're going to have very dynamic instructors who have the ability to attract students to their program, teach them these skills. And upon graduation, give them the ability to become employable or pursue some post-secondary education and some additional certifications at the same time. Yeah, and see, for me, that's the, that's the key is you're teaching the, the students the types of technology that interest them, the automation, the robotics, uh, connected IIoT, all of those things are in place, and, and that is going to be the attraction. And you, you said somewhere in my in my research, uh, advice to manufacturers: quit giving your old equipment to schools. <laughs> and and it, it was just I, I just had to stop and applaud because it's so true. You're not furthering the cause. You're just getting your junk out of your out of your uh, factories is what you're doing. You know, early on in this process, back in 2016 and 17, we made a number of presentations around our community. And, and we joked about that one thing that, you know, we thought our contribution to career and technical education was donating our old and outdated equipment. And we'd pat ourselves on the back when we would do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and our, our partners, our university partners, community colleges and four-year institutions alike were very appreciative. But, but we weren't moving the needle and right. we certainly weren't training students on the technology that is currently in our facilities. So we learned, you know, through our research with the other communities that we visited, um, that it, 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 you had to have state-of-the-art technology and equipment that was being used in today's environment. And you also had to make sure that you had enough of the equipment to get a really effective student-to-equipment ratio, mm. meaning that, I, I kind of equate it to learning Microsoft Excel. You know, many of us have learned Excel somehow, some way. And if we took a class to learn Excel, we took a class where we each had a computer. We didn't take an Excel class where there was one computer and 20 students right, right. because we knew we wouldn't learn. And so our strategy in Fort Smith, and you see this in many of the other communities where we're we are working on similar initiatives is you really needed a one piece of equipment to two student ratio, maybe three, but ideally it's one to two, you know, in some cases it's one to one, mm -hmm. but to really have the student learn effectively with good hands-on experience, you got to have state of the art equipment and you got to have a good student to equipment ratio. But at the same time, you've got to have, money because yeah. these things these <laughs> these programs aren't cheap and and so we knew that so we were so fortunate that our community voted for the the millage increase that gave us a huge jump start in the process and the ability to invest as i said in, in state-of-the-art equipment technology and, and facilities 
we've been very fortunate along the way that we've had some private investment in this effort at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, our federal government has invested in this initiative and Governor Asa Hutchinson in Arkansas, who is a big proponent of workforce and economic development, and we've, we've stayed very close to through this process, um, has been very supportive and very generous of our effort and has invested in us as well. And, and we want to do more. You know, we won't finish all 180,000 square feet in Fort Smith overnight. It, right. will, it will be a phased process because, again, we won't have students showing up in droves on day one either. It's going to be viral. And mm -hmm. I think we will, we will make sure that, that we market our successes so that more students see what kind of opportunities the current students are getting and realize that, hey, that's an opportunity I might want to consider. Yeah. You know, I always use my, my nephew as a perfect example. Um, he went on to pursue a four-year degree in engineering, but how much better of an engineer would he have been with a couple of years of career and technical yep. education in high school? Yeah. Um, at the same time, also being able to validate that that was the career path for him at a much earlier age before he invested a lot in, in the cost of college. Yeah, how many students have a four-year degree and a bunch of debt and have no interest in what in what their degree is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have a, a corporation in ABB and, and corporation management with a vision and an understanding of what needs to be done to assure that pipeline. But also, in in all that you talk about, I I see that thread of communication and marketing and not just running ads on TV, but marketing what you're doing so that you have been able to get buy-in. And I'm sure there have been struggles and I'm sure there have been some meetings where you wanted to throw things, but buy-in throughout the community, students, parents, community leaders, uh, other manufacturers in the, in the community. It sounds like you've really worked hard at that portion of it to, to keep everybody in the loop. You know, we really have, and as I mentioned, when we came back in the summer of 2016 from these visits to the other communities, that was what we did. We started to meet with people. My, my first call was to Tim Allen, who is the, the president and CFO of, of our um, Fort Smith Regional Chamber of Commerce, because I knew that, that this had significant economic development benefits as mm. well. Mm-hmm. In terms of not just business retention, which is critical, but but business expansion and attracting other businesses to our community. Because, you know, one of the things I learned from him about economic development is is there's 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 several things that you got to have to play. You got to have good infrastructure. You got to have good cost of living. You got to have shovel ready ground, which we thought was the, the differentiator. You got to have good collaboration amongst your community leaders and partners, and we had all those things. The last one was workforce, and and like most, we would tout our workforce. We've got the best workforce imaginable, and we do in all the communities in which we operate. But what we don't tell prospective companies that may consider setting up an operation in our communities is, oh, by the way, the majority of those are all employed. <laughs> what we don't talk about is this pipeline of available talent. But 
we will. And we're starting to to spread that message. We're going to have this pool of talent available for your future state operations, whether it's an existing business or even a future business. After Tim, though, it was Dr. Doug Brubaker and our, our enforcement public schools. We have another significant partner, Dr. Teresa Riley, who's the chancellor of our um, University of Arkansas at Fort Smith, and then all the other superintendents um, of the regional school districts, um, leaders of the various businesses. We've got several individuals within the chamber and the university and the school districts that are key partners in this. So, I mean, the key message is it, it, it takes a village yeah. and it takes all of those individuals pulling in the same direction. Do we agree on everything? Absolutely not. But we know, and if we keep the student at the center, like we talked about earlier, of everything we do, then we'll come to consensus and we're going to develop some really great things yeah. for the students and the community, not just Fort Smith, but all the communities in which we operate as ABB. Speaking of those students, talk about the impact this is having on the student body, the, the reaction from the students. So it's, I would say it's still early from a student perspective. You know, one of the things, and again, I'll talk about Fort Smith because, you know, that's the one, that's the model I'm most familiar with, but there's two new programs that we're starting in the Fort Smith public schools that we replicated quite honestly from other communities. I mean, we have, we have, we are not afraid to say that we are replicating what we perceive as best practices. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is a, a, a more robust career exploration type of program in grades six through eight. One of the ways that you really move the needle on career and technical education is attracting students to the programs at a much earlier age. So we're exposing them to career options in manufacturing, healthcare, and information technology in those three grades, rather than it just being a career exploration class that you have to take in the eighth grade because it's required. Right. Following those three years, we introduced what we called foundations classes in the ninth and 10th grade in both manufacturing and healthcare. We'll eventually do the same with information technology. So the students are starting to get a little bit deeper um, awareness and understanding of those industries as well as those career paths that really set them up for their junior and senior year in high school where they're going to our new career and technical education center. We call it the Peak Innovation Center, um, where they'll get the real hands-on technical concurrent credit experience and classes that, that will allow them to come out of school with, with those skills and certifications and be immediately employable. So we've got some good momentum. We've got good enrollment in those programs. It's not where we want it to be because it, a lot of it's going to be viral. And it's going to take several years to get us to where we ultimately want to be in terms of students and parents seeing these programs as something they want to pursue and planning in ahead, planning ahead to, to make that a, an educational choice for them. And that's why the marketing and the publicity and, and the awareness that go into this, that's a key part of our workforce model is we've got to tell our story. We've actually partnered with a company called Edge Factor, which is they're, they're a, a digital 
marketing and cinematography company who helps tell that story of career and technical education. They create virtual career and technical education curriculum for students to use and, and are using right now. They're actually our, our manufacturing day partner, which, you know, we're a big proponent of manufacturing day, which is typically the first week in, in October. It culminates on the actual manufacturing day, which will be Friday, October 2nd this year. And one of the things that we, we do and many other companies do is we open our doors to students and parents because we want to get them behind the walls of our manufacturing plants, especially our industry, to, to help change that perception. Um, we we kind of joke that, you know, for whatever reason, when we build manufacturing plants, we don't build them with any windows, understandably in some respects, but, but people don't have the ability to walk up and see what's going on inside. So those school tours from grades five all the way through high school and post-secondary were really vital. We weren't able to do that this year, obviously, given um, the right. situation with right. coronavirus. And so we're doing some creative things with, with Edge Factor to create some, some virtual content and, and virtual tours that can allow us to get to the students instead of the students coming to us. So I think we're making some good inroads with students, but we, we still have a ways to go. But I'm confident as we get this facility open um, in Fort Smith, Arkansas, as we do more to talk about the successes that we have as a result, we're going to continue to see the interest in, in the career and technical education opportunities that we have in this region and the other regions in which we operate as well really start to grow. Yeah. Well, and, and that is something I think that, that people need to keep in mind is this is not something you're going to put in place uh, in the fall and by spring we're going to have something when the kids go to uh, take a summer break. It's a journey, and you have to you have to stick with it until those kids get from sixth grade all the way till graduation out of high school, and, and that's just obviously time, but the payoff also has a long-term uh, component to it. It really does. And, and so we're, we're four years in to our effort in Fort Smith. It's probably the longest effort we've got in some of the other communities in which we operate, like Athens, Georgia. You know, it's, it's, it's just a several-year process. But we have, you know, pretty high expectations in all the communities in which we operate to, to really play, take a leading role in those communities and in either build or enhance those local workforce development efforts and those career and technical education programs and, and get them to the point where, where we hope to be, especially in that, uh, that we know some of those other communities are as well, but it's a process. And we like to say, you've got to have two things for your career and technical education model to be successful. You got to have patience and you've got to have persistence. <laughs> and if you have those things, and you got to have partnerships at the same time as well, it, it can work. And I think we're proving that it can work as well. And, and we really look back on what we're doing in all these communities, and we're making a difference. We're making a difference not just for ourselves and for our customers, but we're making a difference for students. Yeah. And um, we can feel really good about that at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's, that's clear. Are you getting uh, buy-in from other manufacturers in the area? Is that becoming a, uh, 
a, a positive thing or is that yet to come? It absolutely is. We've got a number of manufacturers who, who, you know, we'll say we're having those same conversations that, uh, that Tracy and, and Scott Fulbright and I had. Um, but we're all at different phases. Yeah. Some maybe aren't experiencing the aging workforce or the radically changing skill sets just yet. So they may not be as aggressive in the need for a, a different approach to workforce development. We have others who are absolutely in the same place we are and are, are critical partners to us. You know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was, you know, I'm, I work in human resources and it's a big part of, of what I do, but it wouldn't be possible if the leaders of our business weren't supportive and 100% behind it. Right. You know, we've got some great partners in, in Johnny McCusker, who's our head of operations now. And then Myla Petrie, who's our head of manufacturing. I mean, they're the ones that are really making it happen, especially in our plants around this country. And I tell all those other um, companies, those manufacturing companies that have an interest in, in doing something similar, I said, and, and in most cases, it's other HR professionals that I'm talking to. And I said, it's great that you're here, but if you really want to move the needle, you've got to have your business leaders at the table with you. You've got to have yep. your plant managers they're the ones at the end of the day who are really going to make it happen. Yep. And that is so true in so many efforts. <laughs> just so true. If you don't have the upper level supporting the effort, it just it just dies on the vine. Yep. Yeah. You know, Jesse Henson, who runs our, our NEMA motor business, he's been 110% behind this from day one because he sees the criticality of it to his business strategy. Right. right. To make sure that he's got that pipeline of technically skilled talent. Yep. And so it makes a difference. Yep. Well, Jason, thank you. This is uh, most enlightening. And I, I will just say loud applause to you uh, folks for putting this in place. And, and uh, it's it's clearly already had success, but headed for even greater success. You, you clearly have the components in place and are, are working all angles of it. So uh, I think it's just fantastic. Thank you, Gary. We, we appreciate the opportunity to be here today. We couldn't do it without our community partners in Fort Smith and in Columbus, Mississippi, Athens, Georgia, all of our facilities. It's, it's that collaboration. It's that community partnerships that are, that are the, that going to make it happen for our communities and for our students as well. Yep. yep. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. And thanks to everyone for listening.